Amen. As you find your way back to your seats, we're going to look in the book of Genesis, chapter number 6. Um, thank the Lord for his presence here today. If you could remain standing while we read a couple of verses of scripture, that'd be great. Um, we're going to look at Genesis, chapter number 6, and we're going to hit on just a couple of these verses, and we're going to jump through this chapter and hit some, hit some points in this scripture today. Verse number three, Genesis chapter number six, and the Lord said, everybody say, the Lord said. How many know the word of God is God's word? We can't confuse that. They're just not words on a page. It's God's word to us. Um, I don't want to jump ahead of myself. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive or war with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. In other words, men had been living for a very long time up to that point. If you find in Genesis chapter number five, Methuselah lived a hundred, um, excuse me, uh, how long? The 969 years, and that's a long time. I wouldn't know what to do with myself in 969 years. <laughs> My goodness. Um, so the Lord in verse number three, he says, I'm not going to. I'm tired of dealing with these knuckleheads for 900 years. <laughs> That's in 3 Timothy, knuckleheads. <laughs> My spirit shall not always strive, hang with me, uh, or war with man, for that he also is flesh. Everybody say flesh. flesh. I'll have you repeat some things. You know why? How many of you recognize I ask you to repeat a lot of things when I preach? You know why I do that? Hey, come on now, you all get it. Yet his day shall be 120 years. Let's drop down to verse number 5. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only, everybody say only, evil continually. Everybody say continually. Now the word continually means all the time. Okay. All right. So their thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And that's a. That's pretty sad. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I have made them. It grieves the heart of God when we are, have our thoughts continually of this world and not on him. But Noah found grace or favor in the eyes of the Lord, and these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. One side note is that Noah did not have a Bible. Noah did not have a Bible. I like this 66 books here, brother. I, I, I love, Charlene, I love to read the Bible, but Noah did not have a Bible. He didn't. The Bible wasn't even expressed yet. It, the, the only way that the, that the Bible, what we read today, is expressed when God spoke to man. Okay? All right, so Noah walked with God, and Noah begat three sons, Sham, Ham, and Japheth. And the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Everybody say violence. Man, this sounds like today. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. Everybody say corrupt. Sounds like today. Man. For all flesh, I have this underline in my Bible. I challenge you to do the same if you have, if you'd like to write in your Bible. I love to write in my Bible, write notes and all kinds of things. For all flesh had corrupted his way. Everybody say his way. So the flesh, the flesh, the flesh corrupted his way. It wasn't God's fault that flesh was corrupt. It's not God's fault the world is where it is today. It's the flesh of man is the problem. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Verse number 13, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Now, we got to get here real quick. And God said to Noah, so God was speaking to Noah, the end of all flesh. Everybody say all flesh. all flesh. So all flesh, the end of all flesh is come before me. 
For the earth is filled with violence through who? Through the flesh. Through the flesh of man. All right? Um, and through, through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And then we'll stop at verse number 14, um, and we'll read this. And make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. I want to speak to you for this thought just for a little while today. I will not go as nearly as long as I did last week. I apologize for going as long as I did, but I need to get my point across last week. Um, this, this week we're going to uh, preach to you just for a little while on the safety when living in God's Word. There's safety when living in God's Word. I've changed my title a couple times. Okay, that is the same. All right. Safety when living in God's Word. I, I, before, we, before you sit down, I want us to pray. And we did this a couple weeks ago, but I want us to pray. I want you to pray with a repentant heart. Ask God to forgive you. I think that's important. If you have not asked God to forgive you today, this is a good time to do it. Um, because our thoughts sometimes can be evil even in the presence of God, even in the house of God. So we're going to uh, begin to pray and ask God to forgive us right now. Let's do it together in the name of Jesus. God, I ask you, Lord, to forgive every heart, every mind. Forgive me, God. Forgive me of my shortcomings. Forgive me, God, of my weaknesses. But, Lord, I stand upon the word that we're talking about here today, and when I come to you, and I say I'm sorry, and I say, God, with my heart, I'm, forgive me, Lord. You are faithful and just to forgive. Lord, there are people in this room that I just know if they just ask you, God, to forgive them, and, God, that their ears would be tentative to your word and tentative to your spirit, God, you can reach down into their spirit, God, and wash away the past. Make their way straight, and their future will be changed by the power of your presence, God. Lord, that's why we're baptized in the name of Jesus, your name, God, because all things old are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Lord, I, I pray, God, that the lamp of your presence, the light, God, of your presence, Lord, will begin to chart a new path in our life, begin to open up doors that we have not seen before, open up uh, uh, windows, God, that we have never peered through in our life. But, Lord, God, let us see this world as it is. Let us see our flesh for as it is. But, God, in a moment that when we see our flesh, it is done, it is undone, it's corrupt, God. But the only answer is the name of Jesus Christ. That is the only name. That is the only thing. That's the only thing that gives us power. It is your expressed word today that, God, the end of flesh will come again one day. But, Lord, I need to have your spirit residing in me. I need your spirit moving within me. I need to have my sins washed away by the power of your name. God, let this flesh that I have in my life that dwelleth no good thing, Lord, let me put on your spirit today. Hallelujah. Let your spirit rise up within me. God, I subdue this flesh. I subdue this carnal man. Lord, my thinking gets me nowhere, but I want to have your thoughts to be my thoughts. I want your spirit to be my spirit. Lord, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord right now. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Lord, I'm not going to get uncomfortable when you begin to work, when people begin to pray. Lord, I want to receive your word. I want to receive the prayers of the people. I want to receive God. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon the flesh of the people that are here today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated right now. We're, who knows where the word of the Lord is going to take us today. But let me tell you, before the end of this place, God can forgive you of your sins. You can be baptized in the name of Jesus, and you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because that is what gives us the power to overcome. God will give his presence to us when we are no longer bound by the past and our sinful nature. Everybody say flesh. You got to deal with your flesh. I said, you got to deal with your flesh. I'm going to be a little bit strong here today, so please don't be offended because this is the Word of God. And we all agree that the Word of God is true. Somebody say amen. The Word of God are just not words on a page, like I said a moment ago, but it is truth. It is powerful. The Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And we don't like it when it's sharp because it begins to render us. It begins to separate the flesh heart from the stony heart. 
And a lot of us may not want to come to the house of the Lord sometimes because we get uncomfortable in our flesh. I said we get uncomfortable in our flesh. We may not understand what's going on, but all I know sometimes is things sometimes you may feel uncomfortable. But let me tell you today, if you give way to the presence of God, the uncomfortableness of your flesh will subside and there will become a freedom that you've never felt before in the house of God. Everybody say amen. We'll talk about the word of God just briefly, and then we're going to go back to the story of Noah. I may slow down just a little bit here today because I want us to understand what the word of the Lord is trying to show us today. The word of God can stand alone. It doesn't need your opinion. The word of God is true. The word of God is eternal. I speak to you today not from my own words, but I want to speak to you from the word of God because that's my job. The job that God has called me to do is to express his word that's already settled. My job is to give to you what the word of God is saying and maybe help to get people to understand what the word of God is and what it can be in your life. The word of God is, like I said, is eternal. I preached on that a few weeks ago. It preached on the eternal word of God. It is, in other words, everlasting. It's okay to say amen. The word of God is powerful on it. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. His word will come to pass. Now, I can say a lot, Raphael, that the sun is going to shine tomorrow, and there's a song about it. We can sing about it. We can say all these things, and some things that I say may come true. I can take a stab at something and say, hey, this, this will come to pass, but if it's not in the word of God, it may or may not come to pass. And sometimes we'll say things and then we'll orchestrate it so it will come to pass. But I'm here to tell you today, the word of God will come to pass. There's no doubt in my mind that God will come again. There's no doubt in my mind that God can heal you of your diseases that you're carrying in your life. There's no doubt in my mind that God can save you from your sins. There's no doubt in my mind that the flesh that that somehow gets us tied up in the lust of the eye and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, those things grip us. But God can save you from those things. And what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, there are people in this room that perhaps you're sitting next to right now that used to be, everybody say used to be. They used to be addicted to drugs. They used to be uh, addicted to alcohol. They used to be addicted to so many things. They used to be addicted to pornography. Can I get right where we need to be here today? You used to be uh, uh, bound by depression. You used to be bound by by the the, the cares of life. You used to be, used to be, the flesh used to be in prison. Mind used to be bound by thoughts. Mind used to be bound by the moment that got so heavy that you wanted to take your own life. Your mind used to be bound by the things of this world, but God stepped in to a body and to a person that used to be bound, and God rescued them. That's what the Word of God does. That it reaches down right where you are. And in your moment, you cry out to God. And you begin to seek God. And and the Bible says he will be found if you seek him. Because I'm here to tell you, my God is omniscient. He is omnipotent. He's all these things. That means omniscience means he's right here where we are. And if I just simply speak the name of Jesus, it gets his attention. If I say, God, forgive me of my sins, it gets his attention. Because when my flesh meets the heavenly Savior, something's got to give. I say when when heaven touches earth, something's got to give. And when the God of all heaven, the God of all power, the God of all knowledge, the God of all wisdom, the the eternal words of God, when it touches the flesh of man, something's got to give. There's two things that will happen when your flesh touches the king of kings. Number one, your flesh will either be crushed or it will be crucified. In other words, what are you saying? I will crucify myself so I can surrender myself to the Lord or I will fall prey to the crushing power of the word of God. If I do not submit to God's word, his word will come down as judgment upon my life. That's what the word of God says. There will be a time that God comes back for a people. 
there will be a time that God comes back for a church. And it's a church that is not, the churches, it can't be, their hearts can't continually be wicked. Their hearts cannot continually be more worried about the cares of this world than the cares of God. And I, I've said this for the last three weeks and Wednesday night and last Sunday. If your cravings for this world is greater than your cravings for God, something's wrong. Let me just say that. If your craving for the things of this world is greater than the cravings for God, something is wrong. It's because your flesh is craving the world. And your spirit is not craving God. But that's the war that's going on in our flesh. I believe Paul wrote about it in the book of Romans that there is a war between our flesh, right? And the spirit. And something's going to win. At the end of this service, at the end of this message today, something's going to win. I said something's going to win. Something's winning right now. Some of you have a little bit of, and I, forgive me, I don't want to be too, too, uh, too you know, I, don't, I keep saying you. I should say we. I, I don't like you statements. I, you know, we. We can sometimes, and I said this Wednesday night, we can let one person cut us off on the highway, and it, and it brings judgment to the rest of our day. We'll tweet about it. We'll Facebook about it. We'll Instagram about it. We'll try to get a video of the guy's license plate so we can tell the world this is the guy who cut me off. And if you see this guy, give him a piece of my mind for me. We tried to change the world because one person changed our world. And we get so wrapped up in the moment that we rob ourselves of God's influence. I said we allow our flesh to take control of our life so much that we rob ourselves of God being an influence in our life. So we allow the bondage or the craving of the situation to overcome our flesh instead of allowing the presence of God to overcome our flesh. Yeah, there will be somebody that cuts me off this week, I can almost guarantee, in a roundabout. Somebody's going to. But I have purposed in my heart, and I've shared this before, is when somebody cuts me off, instead of getting upset, I say, God, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They may not have seen me. They may not have been looking at me. I, I give them an excuse. I give them a pass, if you will. But the flesh in this world is evil continually. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is, a live, is living and active. I'm going to read from the ESV here for a few minutes. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture. Everybody say scripture. When I say scripture, that is the word of God. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. John 17 and 17 says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So I am sanctified by the word of God. Psalms 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Matthew 24, 35 says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will not pass away. Proverbs 35 and 6 says, every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words. Let, his, uh, let he rebuke you and you be found a liar. Matthew 4 and 4, he says, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. God's word is real and God's word is, is needed for our spirit. Isaiah 40 and 8 says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. John 1 and 14, the word became flesh. That's good. And the word became flesh, talking about Jesus, and dwelt among us. And when we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Psalms 119 and 11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Ladies and gentlemen, the word of God is more than just power. It's more than glory and grace and truth. But when I hide it in my heart, it keeps me from sinning. You have a sin problem, you need to get a word problem. 
You need to say, I can't get away from the word of God. That's a word problem. You need to get so much in the word of God that it will keep your soul from getting fallen to the prey of the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. They're getting somewhere. Isaiah 55 and 11, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing which I sent it. In other words, his word goes out, it will succeed. All right? This is all Bible. First, First Peter 123, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. Acts 17 11, now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures how often daily to see if these things were so. John 12, 48, I'm getting somewhere, just hang with me. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. John 8, 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. All right, now we're getting where we live right now. Are you abiding in his word? If you're not, let me introduce you to the word of God. Psalms 119, 130, the unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I'm simple. I'm not a very smart man. It takes me a while to understand some things of the word of God. You say, but you're the pastor. I still need help. I still need help. I call my dad when I don't understand something. Dad, help a brother out or help a son out. <laughs> Deuteronomy 8, 3, and he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. James 1, this is where it gets good. But be ye doers of the word. And not hearers only. Because if you don't, you will deceive yourself. You can feel good when somebody reads the word. You can say, amen. You can say, oh me. Come on, pastor, preach. But if you ain't doing the word, there's a problem. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. What happens when we look at the word of God and you hear pastor preach or you hear somebody give a Bible study or you read the Bible and you hear the word but you don't do the word, you are deceiving yourself. You're allowing the flesh to deceive you that you don't need it. But let me tell you, you need the word of God just like I need the word of God. All right, we're going to go on just a little bit more. Of his own will he brought, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be, be a kind of first, fruit, first fruits of his creatures. Um, John 7 and 38, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, now you got to believe in me like the scripture says, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Revelations 1, 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John. Mark 13, 31, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will not pass away. No, I didn't just read the same scripture. That's a different scripture. The other one was in Matthew. Mark says he repeats the same thing that Matthew said. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will not pass away in the mouth of two or three witnesses. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God is a weapon. The word of God is eternal. James 1 and 21, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. I know I read a lot of scripture there. Hopefully you plucked one of those out that can speak to your heart. But I'm going to dwell on James 1 21 here for a moment. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness. Everybody say meekness. 
the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. You see, the word of God is powerful. We talked about that. It's wonderful. It's, it, it speaks to us. It brings glory. It brings encouragement to my spirit. I, I can shout at home every once in a while when I begin to read of the word of God. I was talking to somebody this week, and God took, overtook them in the car. And with Sister Cheryl, I don't want to embarrass her, she had to get out of her car and begin to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when the word gets in your heart... I say when the word of God gets in your heart, something becomes boiling. Like living waters begin to flow out of your spirit. You say, a lot of us may not understand what I mean, but let me tell you today. If you get that word of God in your heart, something will come over you that you never felt before. And you don't want, you don't know what to do with yourself. And what's going to happen is living waters are going to try to well up in your spirit because God is speaking to the very thing that he planted on this earth so it would grow. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to, everybody say, save your souls. So we come to a moment here in Scripture right now that, that I feel that we need to take a pause, and we'll go back to Genesis chapter number 6, and we'll probably read at Matthew 24 and then one other Scripture in 2 Timothy. And I want to uh, allow us for a moment, allow me, if you will, to share the importance of the Word of God. And there are so many things in the Word of God, examples of healing, like I've talked about. We talked about healing happened last week. It, it saves. It does all these kind of things. But the most important thing right now today that I want to share with you is that God is coming back for a church, and it's not coming back for a church that is dirty or filthy or rampant with wickedness. He's coming back for a church that is set aside for him. Because the Bible says his word is able to save your soul. And I, I appreciate the Lord wanting to save my soul. I appreciate the Lord wanting to save me from impending wrath. There are a lot of pleasures in this world, but that pleasure may be fun for a time, but it will end in bondage. And when you are in that bondage, after you had your fun, there's going to be a time of saving. And the only way there can be a time of saving is as the word of God. Let me just say this, there's a lot of wonderful therapists out there. There's a lot of wonderful treatments you can go through to try to get help. But the only answer that I know of that is forever and that is eternal because a lot of things in this world will pass away. But when God's word is implanted deep within my spirit and rooted in my life, his word is eternal and it will always save. It will prepare a way when there seemeth to be no way. It will do things that this world cannot do. The word of God is and in Ephesians 6, what I read a moment ago, it is a helmet of salvation. It is the spirit. It gives me armor. It gives me the sword. It gives me a shield. It, puts, uh, it, 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 it gives my legs protection. It gives my feet protection. It gives my mind protection. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. It will save us. It is not only a defense mechanism, it's not, but it is an offensive mechanism. The words of God, it prepares us for what is to come. Let's go to Genesis chapter number 6. I'm going to prove it to you. Genesis chapter number 6. Uh, this is more of a Bible study today than anything else. But I, I'm here to tell you today, Genesis chapter number 6 is a beautiful chapter. The Bible says in verse number 3, And the Lord said, and we said, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive or war with man, for that he, is also, he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. And verse number five, and God saw that wickedness of man was great in the earth. Everybody say it was great. That tells me that God is not pleased when things aren't going to plan, so to speak. When the world gets nasty, when the world is filled with violence, God is about to do something. This world is about to wrap up. I'm just going to just preach it like I feel it here right now. It's because I'm going to tell you today God is coming back, and he's coming back for a church. And he's coming back for a people that souls are filled with the word of God. And I'm going to expound on that just a little bit, but let's turn to Matthew chapter number 24, verse number 37. 
Because the Word of God, it, it, it's not just words on a page. These, these words were expressed probably 4,000 years at two different times in Scripture, 4,000 years apart. Verse number 37 in Matthew 24, But as the days of Noah were, so, so shall also the, son, the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, which we're talking about with Noah, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the son of, uh, coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. One shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour the Lord doth cometh. Verse number 44, therefore be ye also ready. For in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. Ladies and gentlemen, God is coming for a church. God's word is true. God's word is already settled. And when God says something, it's going to happen. Now, this is not a doom and gloom kind of message, but I'm trying to rattle the cage of your soul today and say, I have got to be ready when Jesus comes. I said, I got to be ready when Jesus comes. And I need the word of God to be implanted in my heart so it can save my soul. You see, pastor, I do not understand the word of God. I don't understand everything in the word of God. That's why I say, God, prepare my heart to be ready to receive your word. I don't know about you, but I pray before I read the word of God. I prepare my heart for God's word. And I ask God to give me what you want to show me in that moment. It just may be a word. It just may be a sentence. It may be, it doesn't have to be chapters a day. Maybe it's a devotion you feel compelled to, to go through. Just get a little bit of word in your heart because just a little bit of word is better than a whole lot of this world. And when a little bit of word comes in my heart and it begins to build up steam and every day I come before the Lord and that word and that manna falls from heaven sooner or later, about a month, two months, three months, six months down the road, I'm going to be feeling a little bit different. I'm going to be looking at life a little bit different. I'm going to be understanding the word of God a little bit different because God's word is eternal and it's powerful. You say, Pastor, I don't feel a whole lot when I read one scripture. You may not. But guess what? When you read that one scripture, if it's like me, a couple weeks down the road, I'll remember that one scripture. And God said, he saw what I needed today and he planted with his word in my spirit a couple weeks ago. Ah, his lamp my, 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 my feet is, his, his light is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I thank you, Jesus. So, God saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Everybody say continually. I feel, and I'm not going to look up, but I feel doubting spirits right now. And people questioning, is the word of God true? And it does it really apply to me? And we're going to get there today. It is repented that the Lord, that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repented me that I have made them. I don't know what that does to you. I do not want the Lord to repent that he made me. Does God look at my life and say, I'm sorry I made that man? What does God look down in this room right now? And if we have lack of faith and we don't trust in the word of God and we don't allow God to move in our life, what does the Lord look down to us? I can see him like when he was walking to Lazarus' grave and Mary and Martha were crying up, if you, Lord, if you would only have been here. And Jesus wept. We understand that scripture. And Jesus wept, but he wasn't weeping because Lazarus had died. He was weeping because of their lack of faith. I do not want the Lord to look at me. I said, man, I, did I do something wrong here? Did I, why did I make this man if they were going to reject me? I, I do not want the Lord, the eyes of the Lord look down upon me and say, I have got to destroy this earth because this earth has gotten so bad and so so rampant with, with violence. i got to do something about this. Ladies and gentlemen, God will come again, and he's looking down to this earth. And I don't know about you, but my spirit has been disturbed this week because of what's going on overseas. And, and a lot of things are going up and down, and, and things are going a little haywire in this world. 
but I don't know about you, but that took me to my knees to make sure my heart is right, that my spirit is right, because when this world gets violent, that means I need to get to my knees. I don't need to point the finger. I don't need to say this person and that person, but that should take me to my knees and say, God, I need you to be the author, and I want you to be the finisher of my life. God is trying to be a new calendar in your life. He wants to be a, a new author in your life. But when the time comes when God brings judgment upon this earth, I want him to be the finisher of my life. I said I want him to be the finisher of my life. My life may not last past tomorrow, but I'm here to tell I want God to be the finisher in my spirit today. I want God to author. Everybody say author. The word of God is the authority of God. It is the spoken word of God. And when God begins to write things in my spirit, let me not be re want to reject the word and God's heart be grieved, but let me be somebody that has the readiness of spirit and says, God, give me what I need today because I don't know what holds tomorrow, but I know you hold tomorrow. And let me grasp what you have for me in this moment. As God is scanning the, the globe, as God is scanning this room here today, I wonder what he is finding. Is he finding people like Noah when he found grace in the eyes of the Lord? Ladies and gentlemen, I want the Lord to look down upon me with favor. I want the Lord to look down upon me and says, that young man is doing something right, and I'm going to give them, grant them favor, and I'm going to grant them salvation. Hmm. Verse number 12 and God looked upon the earth. As God is looking today, God is looking upon this earth. And behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. I look at this place, man. I love what God created upon this earth. But I look at the hearts and the flesh of people. It is corrupt in all ways. You, you can hardly get a, a good conversation anymore. You can't watch anything or see anything that doesn't have some corruption in it. Parents, you need to make sure you, you know what your kids are watching and what they're looking at because everything in this world is corrupted. There's always some slight. There's always some angle. There's always some agenda. Ladies and gentlemen, the only agenda the Word of God has is to make sure I'm saved. It's the only the agenda the Word of God has to make sure I have joy and peace in my spirit. Therefore, I don't want the cravings of this world to overtake, they overtake the cravings of the Word of God. Because the Word of God is there to save. It is there to build me up. It's there to instill joy in my spirit. The end of all flesh. Verse number 12, let's go back to the second part of verse number 12. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. It's not God's fault of the situation you're in. Unfortunately, it's a sin problem. There are people in this room that have gone through, if I can say this, hell and high water. They're going through so much pain and so much questioning, so much, uh, so much uh, uh, puzzling, and so you're doubting things that why am I even doing this? Because nothing seems to be working out right. You see, there's are there are consequences for living for the Lord, and there are consequences for living for this world. The only difference is is the type of consequences there are. Consequences of living for this world is sin, which will lead us to death. But the consequences of living for Jesus is joy and the Holy Ghost, is peace. Uh, it's, it's having a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. It's not, it's not being bowed to the things of this world, but I can walk down the road with my head held high and say I'm a child and a son of God. I'm going to get back to this scripture here. So when God said to Noah, everybody say God said. Now, remember what I said, there was no Bible. There was no Bible yet. Genesis had not been written. Over 1,600 years of, of man has been recorded thus far in the Word of God by Genesis chapter number 6. 1,600 years of the course of man. 969 of it was Methuselah. <laughs> God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. Again, you can't blame anybody else but ourselves caving into sin. All flesh through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. That's very hard scripture to, to take in, is that the earth is going to be destroyed, and God is going to come because of the fleshly desires of man. 
But there's always a way of an escape. I said there's always a way of an escape. I'm thankful for the word of God. Because Noah didn't have a Bible, but he got a word. I said Noah didn't have a Bible, but he got a word. I'm going to say that again. Noah didn't have a Bible, but he got a word from God. And guess what Noah didn't do? He didn't reject the word of God. He didn't write or he didn't, he didn't sit down and say, Lord, speak to me or write some things down so I can remember. But the Lord just simply spoke to him. Noah may have wrote, may have wrote it down, but God spoke it to him. And he says, make who? The an ark of gopher word. Gopher word. Now, a lot of times when we come to the house of God, we expect God to make the ark. But God gives us a word to make the ark. I want you to understand this principle here, here today. God is seeing the violence upon the earth. He's going to destroy the earth and everybody that's wicked in it. He's going to do things. But he says in order to have salvation, I want you to make some things in this earth. I want you to make an ark. The Lord could have said, let there be an ark and there be an ark. The Lord, Lord could have said, I'm going to make a boat, so here's a boat. But God didn't say that. God gave Noah a word. And God had to not only be a hearer, but he had to be a doer of the word. The principle here is, is that I can't go to church and think that I've heard a good word and go to heaven. No, I have to be a hearer and I have to be a doer. You see, Noah couldn't stay in the place that he was in, a place of a wickedness upon that earth and be saved if he wasn't a doer. Noah had to become a doer of the word, not just a hearer. God gave Noah some instruction. And I like where this story goes, and I won't get into the, 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 the different rooms and all these things. We were at the zoo yesterday, and I don't know how in the world Noah got all those giraffes in there. Well, the two giraffes. And he, I don't know how, he had to build those ceilings really tall. And I saw the rhinoceroses, and I saw the, the hippos, and I said, man, that's a daunting job. And it was just three guys, him and his two sons. There's just uh, the three sons. There, was just, there were just a few of them, but they had to go and, and, and take all those things into the ark. And in, by verse number 15, it says, In this fashion which thou shalt make of it. And he goes through how high to build it, how long to build it, how big it. Let me give you a, just a kind of an understanding how big this was. Based on the dimensions of the ark, it would have been, very, uh, it would have been a very stable vessel with more than 1.5 million cubic feet of gross space. And a displacement about 10% greater than the USS Enterprise aircraft carrier. No wonder it took him so long to build it. That's a huge boat. And sometimes when God gives us a word, we think it's unattainable. We think we can't achieve that. You think, God, you've given me to told me to do this. You told me to build something new in my life, and I don't know where to start. I don't even have the tools. I don't have the equipment. I don't even know where to get the wood. How am I supposed to get all the animals? How am I supposed to do all this? But, oh, I want to tell you today when God speaks a word into our life, he will give us what we need to make it happen. He will. So when I, when I look into the God's coming for a church and God says, repent before me, God, he says, submit to me. And we say, Lord, you don't understand. I got this going on. I got that going on. My life is going to look this way and all these things. Oh, oh, God is wanting you to know is that I got your back. I got your future and I got your present because my word will always stand. And if you repent before me and you seek my face, I will be there for you. Start the process. Somebody say, start the process. You got to start somewhere. It may be a knee. It may be a hand lifted. It may be bowing your head, but you got to start somewhere. You may not understand how you're going to take in that ark of the word of God, but let me tell you, my God is faithful. My God is just. And when it seems to be no way, my God will make a way when there seemeth to be no way. He didn't know where, what kind of tools he's going to need. He didn't know what kind of wood was going to, where he's going to get the wood from. He didn't know how he's going to get that elephant in the, in the ark, but all he knew is God gave me a word and I'm going to start the process. 
You see, God's coming for a church. God is coming back for a people. I might as well start the process of salvation. I might as well go ahead and start what the word of God has told me to do. I might as well go ahead and raise my hands. I may, I may not understand how it's going to work, but I'm going to raise my hands anyway. I may not understand everything, but I know if I go back down, get bound and baptized in the name of Jesus through immersion, I don't know how God does it, but I'm going to obey the word of God and let him wash away all my sins, and I'm going to come up with a newness of life. And I'm going to allow the presence of God to come in my spirit. You see, what the word of God does, we can't be a hearer. we got to be a doer. So Noah became a doer. Everybody say a doer. We have got to become doers. We are the Monday morning church. We are doers. We are proclaiming the gospel. We are doers. I don't want to be a hearer only, but I want to be a doer of the words of God. God tells me to repent. I need to repent. I get up in the morning, he says, worship me, I want to worship him. If the, if the God tells me to, to go pray with somebody, I need to pray with him because I want to be a doer, not just a hearer only. I'm thankful that God speaks to me. I'm thankful the Lord, his presence speaks to my spirit, but I, there's something greater when I step into the realm of being a doer of the word because then I step into the eternal power and glory and authority of God. Now, we find Noah became from a hearer to a doer. And I'm doer and I'm coming to a close. Verse number 17. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh. Wherein is the breath of life from under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee. To those that were a hearer and a doer, I will establish my covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark. Who built that ark? Who built the ark? Noah built the ark. He says, you're going to go into things that you built up. Your prayers. You're living the word. You doing the word of God. You do being a doer of the expressed word of God. And thou shalt come up into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. In verse number 22, thus did Noah according to all, everybody say all, that God commanded him, so did he. The only way to salvation is not coming to church and being a hearer, but you got to be a doer because when I become a doer of the word, God allows things to build up on my life, and then I step into the expressed word of God. I want you to get this here real quick. Because God's word spoke to Noah, so Noah became a doer of the word, and he expressed God's word through an ark. Think about it for a moment. It wasn't in Noah's mind to build the ark. It was God's mind to build the ark. So when God told Noah to build an ark, the word of God became alive. It came alive in the very thing that God's word was expressed to Noah. God, man became a doer, expressed it in an ark, and guess what man did? He stepped into the expressed word of God. It became salvation to his family. Do you see that? Noah built it under the word of God, became a doer, and then Noah stepped into the word of God. I thought I'd get an amen on that one, to be honest with you. You see what happens? We don't know exactly how it's going to pan out. But when God gives me a word, and when that word comes to fruition, I'm going to step into the word that God has given to me. So this word of God, the Bible that we read from here today, it has been expressed to us. And God has revealed things to us and has spoken to us. And when you step into not only just being a hearer, but you begin to submit to being a doer. And when you become a doer every day and begin to do things the Word of God, and all of a sudden you're going to be living in the Word of God. And when I live in the Word of God, Noah found his family being saved by because he became a doer. Because he began to live in the expressed Word of God. So how am I supposed to be saved? How, how, how do I get my life right? 
well, it's time to stop hearing. It's time to start doing, right? And it's to be a doer. And then when you get filled with the presence of God, you will become in the word of God. I'm thankful the scripture says, if he abide in me and I abide in him. How do I get there? I go from a hearer to a doer. And then I become a doer. And the express thing that God is building to my life overtakes me. And I become a part of the living word of God. There is an ark of safety that can be built in your life if you step out in faith. But like we talked about a little while ago, Jesus was looking about Mary and Martha. And his heart was grieved because of their lack of faith. The first thing you got to do is have faith. I think we all agree that the Word of God is true. I think we all agree that the Word of God is, is powerful. But sometimes we are afraid to step into the expressed Word because we don't know what's going to happen. It doesn't care. I really don't care what happens to me. If I cry, I cry. If I dance, I dance. If I shout, I shout. Why? Why don't I care? Because God is doing his expressed word in my life. Let's stand together right now. So, Pastor, goes back to, I don't, I, I, I can't. I, I don't know where to start. The word of God is, man will never be able to understand everything. The Bible says great is the mystery of God. But I got to start somewhere. And I might as well start like Noah. Have a repentant heart. Lord, speak to me so that I may be a doer, so I can make a way of salvation for my family. This altar is open right now. This is maybe a little bit different than what I preached before. It's more of a Bible study, but I'm here to tell you today Jesus is in this room right now. And his word wants to be expressed in you. I said his word wants to be expressed in you. And if you want to abide in the word of God, and if you want God's word to speak to your life, because Noah didn't understand what was going to happen to that ark. He was just told to build, build an ark. But when he began to build an ark, the Lord says that's going to be your safety. That's going to be your salvation. So i got to start building I gotta start building a place for God to dwell. And so I can start living in His Word. Come on, let's begin to raise our hands right now across this room. And if you feel led to pray with somebody, don't be, don't be afraid, don't be ashamed. Just begin to pray. Begin to ask God to touch your neighbor in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's pray right now. Jesus, thou son of David.